Namaste everyone and welcome to the very first episode of the Shravana podcast. Today we have Shri Narayan Shethe and I hope you guys on this new year 2023 join us on this journey where we discuss various ideas and thoughts on spirituality, self-discovery and personal growth. A conversation on Vedanta, the Shravana podcast begins now. Namaste everyone and welcome back to the Shravana podcast and today we have none other than our dearest Sri Narayan Shethe who is here to continue talking with us as we enter into the journey of understanding more about Gurukula, Sanskrit language and the various traditions which some of us may or may not be familiar with. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, in this day and age in the 21st century, what a modern-day Gurukula looks like. Haryom, modern-day Gurukula, when, you, when, when we say modern-day Gurukula, so basic idea of Gurukula is teacher and student, they are 24 by 7 together. Okay? Mm. That is the main thing. So if we see that way, there are few Gurukulas and there are few other Gurukulas, they have the different way of uh, studying and the different way of system hold together. So that's the basic difference. So it depends upon the Gurukula. But the basic idea is cleared. Mm. So in today's <clears throat> times, are you finding a lot of schools in India with that type of 24-7 connection between teacher and student? Yeah, I, I can give the example of my school itself. Mm. But uh, can't just living together, staying mm. together, mm. Upaveshana, that can't be called just the criteria of Gurukula. So in that way, if we see... So that cannot be the only criteria. That is one of the criteria which is well and popular, you can say. Mm -hmm. Is the Gurukula system or the structure, is it only found in the Hindu practice or the Hindu culture in India or is it there in the Islamic and other cultures which are here in India? Uh, if you ask me for other cultures, then I don't have idea. But the Bauddha tradition and Jaina tradition, eventually they can be called Hindu. So... Only whatever so far I have seen, just mm. Bauddha, Jaina and the Sanatana Sanskritis, mm. they have these traditions where the Guru, Shishya, they will stay together and study. Mm. In the olden days, from what I have heard, that Gurukula was something that the student would not have to pay for, correct? Yeah, that, that, that's true. Mm. Education is the most auspicious thing to practice in this world. So therefore, when it comes to education, there no money. That is the best thing to do in this world. So that's why the, uh, the purity of that education is always maintained in Gurukula tradition. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you had to share, you know, from your Gurukula experience, something that you benefited from that someone who did not go to Gurukula would have missed out on, what would be that one thing? If you ask the just one thing, then I will say the practical usage of knowledge. Can you elaborate a little bit further? Um, take for example, see, I learnt in schools, various schools I studied. Mm. And also, I studied in Gurukula. But the way I learnt in Gurukula, suppose, speak the truth, don't lie. Every day it used to be written on our board. But I realized that one line when I entered in Gurukula, where there is no one... Not a single day that same line was written that Satyam Vada. No, it was not written, but it was followed. It was practiced. No one dared to lie in the Gurukula. That uh, environment is such, it is maintained in Gurukula that you don't cross the line. That's how you... Mm. So the environment was developed or posi positioned in such a manner that it allowed for everyone to know the rules without being commanded to. Is that what you're saying? Yes. See, now uh, when I teach mm. in the school, I say do this, do that, because it's a part of curriculum. So I will say mm -hmm. that study this. Mm. Huh? I will say study this, by heart this chart. So uh, I don't know whether you have faced this or no, but uh, I have seen 
where the teacher asks me to by heart one particular thing or to study one particular thing but whereas when it comes to the teacher he opens the book and he explains hmm. that does not happen in gurukula if teacher is asking me to by heart one particular thing in one particular manner that means the teacher is very much able to do the same thing the way he is expecting hmm. one one incident i would like to tell you <clears throat> Uh, we were doing the pandharpur wari yatra where we uh, travel means by feet only so whole day we do bhajan and night somewhere we finish our dinner and we just sleep wherever we are okay so that night we were sleeping on the petrol pump everyone was sleeping and 2 o'clock a dog started barking that's why i just got up and i started looking here and there and i saw my teacher at 2 o'clock opening his book and he was reading he was giving he was uh, giving the revision to his memorization i was surprised and he just looked at me and he said naranji sleep sleep nothing just dogs are there and he just gave that voice and he just again started his reading so i was surprised so this is how the the practice is done mm-hmm. in the gurukula tradition so let me let me you know raise some objections or not objections but some more you know bolder questions if this system of education this curricular system was so disciplined so strong students were so much you know in line with the teacher and the teaching and the discipline of that school how come or how did this happen that the curricular system fell apart in indian society uh, and not only that the modern application of the western form of education came about how did this this so called strong fabric of indian education system the gurukula how did it collapse with such strong values as you mentioned see uh, it's not the process of one day or two days or one week <clears throat> it was a long process the britishers came in india and they they stayed for a long time but they realized that the way we want to rule india we are not able to so they tried to f- find out the reason and uh, they found the reasons that the education system here that is the main uh, obstacle in our path so if we remove that we will succeed so they started working on that so they uh, performed two three surveys in madras then one in uh, mumbai one in punjab this was around the time that the uh, british just came 19th century okay this is 19th century mm-hmm. so uh, <clears throat> during that period they found that how the education system is uh, working here so edu- the gurukula when we say gurukula na so earlier gurukula means one teacher and two three at most five students will be there mm. okay this is the smallest gurukula now the basic studies will be completed in every village almost every village will have one teacher one or two teachers and they will be teaching the basic things math then language grammar and uh, some jyotish jyotish means it includes the math etc the day to day how to read the calendar etc that is basic practice and uh, apart from that if the uh, that particular teacher is expert in one particular thing suppose i am expert in grammar so one teacher will be expert in vedanta so that extra subject will be taught mm. and after that basic education further education teach the students used to leave his village and he they used to go to the kasi banaras etc the few places so that was the education system and that teacher basically if the few students are there teacher himself used to take care of students food education everything mm. so no fees for the admission and everything nothing nothing just student is taken okay that is just diksha we call it diksha and you take the student and uh, the further education also does not ask for fees you go and then uh, you just ask for teaching they will just uh, find out how much do you know and based on that they will accept you and they will start teaching so that's how they found that almost every village has school that small gurukula mm-hmm. and then they realized that somehow we have to destroy this somehow so slowly they started the process they um uh, started creating obstacles and also they started uh, portraying that there is a need of english education mm. there is a need you go through it 
एंड दैट इज द ओनली वे टू गो अहेड दिस संस्कृत और द वे यू आर स्टडिंग इज नॉट गोइंग टू वर्क इन दिस वर्ल्ड दैट इज नॉट द एजुकेशन वॉट यू आर सपोज टू डू और सपोज टू हैव दे स्लोली स्टार्टेड वर्किंग ऑन दिस बट दिस दिस प्रोसेस does it if we had to of course we weren't living in, in those times but let us if we were to think of those times would that process of de- degradation or decline of this gurukul system start with targeting the students or start targeting the teachers basically targeting the society hmm. because it's not just student student can the 5 6 8 years boy cannot take a decision he is, hmm. he cannot even if he has the ability of thinking he won't take Mm. after all the father is going to take decision there whether, whether i want to send him to school send him to this school or that school that is his decision mm. and of course teachers is a part of society mm. so they started working on them lots of restrictions on the curriculums lots of restrictions or the manipulating mm. society they started doing that mm. because the when the shasana means the government is interfering then everything just changes its modes mm. so that's what happened if you had to compare uh, to these current uh, education structure it, of course you are familiar with that cbsc type of syllabus so in india there are different types of uh, board <coughs> examinations and structures for syllabus for different types of uh, groups of schooling so you have like uh, can you let's briefly so there's like primary school secondary school uh, here you get you go up to 12th grade correct yeah yeah also for us in west indies what we call as form up to form 5 form 6 same thing 11th and 12th grade that's uh, lower 6 upper 6 for us in west indies so just a little compare and contrast between the modern day system of education and i guess because you being a sanskrit teacher maybe you can tell us a little bit about sanskrit as taught in gurukula versus sanskrit as designed and taught in this modern day system some thoughts on that compare and contrast <laughs> So uh just and you don't need to go you know you don't you don't need to go soft. Oh, you no. can speak freely. <laughs> okay fine no problem. Uh I will try to be as frank as possible. Uh See the I I studied Sanskrit in Gurukula and I am teaching Sanskrit in schools in the mm. one particular education system. Uh I I will be able to talk about CBSC and the state boards because state boards i have studied and abc board where i am teaching mm. okay apart from these two boards okay pardon me for that but anyway for cbsc and state boards i can talk sanskrit the way i learned i just learned sanskrit for one year mm. and based on the knowledge of that one year sanskrit though there was no previous prior knowledge of sanskrit just the study of one year sanskrit i could easily manage whole ba and then based on that knowledge and the ba knowledge i could complete my post graduation okay so what you're saying here is on one year of your gurukula study of sanskrit prepared you for your entire bachelor degree in sanskrit yes i i, I will say that okay ha huh, of course someone may raise the question that okay you didn't have other subjects chemistry biology something 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 fine i agree but if you compare from 5th sanskrit starts from 5th grade and continues till the 8th the 10th grade you compare that take that student and you make him sit with the just 3 months of knowledge of sanskrit of gurukul student hmm. he won't be able to cope up with that person well what qualities are we look are we talking about just memorization or the ability of an under clarity in understanding what is it that we are comparing here actually when it comes to any subject huh? mm. it's not just remembering something it's not again only understanding something i understood means someone for a take for example uh, um, there was one uh, scientist in our batch we know so he explained how to swim okay scientifically he explained how much water you have to pull in means below your body and then how you have to wave your hands etc so very uh, properly scientifically explain how to swim i understood will that make me able to swim no definitely not no it does not happen hmm. so it's not just 
द एजुकेशन वॉट वी आर टॉकिंग जस्ट वी कॉन्ट टेक जस्ट मेमोराइजेशन नो वी कॉन्ट टेक जस्ट अंडरस्टैंडिंग नो इट मैटर्स ऑल ओवर द ईच एंड एवरी फैक्टर मैटर्स मेमोराइजेशन ऑल्सो मैटर्स वेन आई टीच संस्कृत आई ऑलवेज टेल देम दैट वेन यू आर फोकसिंग वेन वी आर स्टडिंग संस्कृत यू ऑलवेज रिमेंबर इनिशियली आई ऑलवेज टेल देम दैट डोंट फरगेट वन थिंग इज यू हाउ टू मेमोराइज एंड सेकेंड थिंग यू हाउ टू अंडरस्टैंड वॉट एवर आई विल टेल यू टू मेमोराइज यू जस्ट मेमोराइज whatever i will tell you to understand you just understand so these are initial factors mm. where something is given to be memorized and something is just to understand mm. but apart from that practical somewhere we have to speak mm. unless i speak i cannot learn that language or i cannot say that i have learned language mm. i may understand what is written i may be able to uh, analyze the grammar but i won't learn sanskrit so there are various factors so we when we when we are comparing the modern education system where it is teaching sanskrit and the gurukula system where the sanskrit is taught so we are comparing the all the factors and then i am seeing hmm. yeah but you can see a clear difference in terms of the quality of student that the gurukula produces versus the modern day system of education yes. from the standpoint of sanskrit yeah hmm let me get your views on this i think this is a debate that takes place around the world hmm. wherever there are what we call denominational schools or schools which are run by a religious board mm. or some religious organization so they are like schools run by hindu organizations schools run by islamic organizations mm. then there are some schools which are just government institutions without any religious background the gurukul system of course had a strong devotional spiritual religious side to it along with its education and today's society we see like those schools run by indian hindu organizations then they also added the spiritual religious along with the secular subjects as some people argue or debate that education should be something which is general for all people and therefore mixing spiritual religious study along with secular study like math science etc mixing these two they can lead to confusion in the chi- in the mind of the child from a very early age what are your thoughts on mixing religious and spiritual subjects as well as secular subjects or do you think they should be taught and be educated separately first of all when the question is asked secular and religious one more word spiritual why is there a need to separate make a separate categories of spiritual religious and secular what what do we mean by secular math is a secular sub- why who Ma- this one particular subject grammar sanskrit is a religious subject why i can praise a beautiful woman in sanskrit mm. yeah i can make math math mathematical problems are solved in sanskrit but not just let's say not just language we also have like bhajans and all these other okay, bhagavad gita ramayana all these things are taught in those schools yes. where they are run by you know sanatan dharma or hindu organizations and there may be a child attending that school who is not of that faith absolutely fine let's see take one example for we have very uh, small vision means small sight just now you just took the ramayana ramayana mahabharat bhagavad gita somehow or somewhere we try to differentiate or separate these topics from the math and science and something don't there is no need history we are studying i asked children because this year i was taking i, I am taking the spiritual class there is one separate class in our uh, school every morning half an hour one teacher will take spiritual class will ramayan where ramayan mahabharat some philosophy will be taught to them so i i just asked what is mahabharata so someone gave answer itihasa history so i asked what is history so first of all there were 106 students none of them gave the expected definition they were hesitant maybe they be, they, they they were hesitant but after 2 3 days i was expecting them to explain me the proper definition of history they read the common definition the the record of past events etc etc but 
when we look at the definition of history in the gurukula tradition or better title i would like to give is the bharatiya tradition where the very clear purpose is there why i am studying this particular subject why so there is anubandha chatushta it is called where it is very clearly mentioned what is the subject matter of this particular textbook or this particular subject then what is the purpose what is the expected outcome who is the eligible person and what is the relation between all these three factors unless these three means this whole together four factors are not clear in the mind of teacher as well as in student the subject whatever the study or whatever the practices we do on that particular subject are all worthless there is no phalam there but do is no you fruit. agree sorry to interrupt hmm. you yeah but do you agree that a lot of our studies of our spiritual texts are based on our faith in that text ah why do i need faith faith fine the one who does not want to go in that way my father i was explaining the speed of earth i explained he is not ready to believe Hmm. So, the person, who, it's not that he has not gone through the whole process. After all, I have gone through the process and then I can talk about the speed of earth and everything and then I can believe. But immediately, all people, somewhere we have taken all these texts or religious views or the um, these particular subjects as the subject of faith. No, when we come to the Vedas, when we come to philosophy at least bharatiya philosophy and the religion so called what we call dharma all these subjects are very much rational shraddha comes shraddha comes where faith ha faith faith shraddha it comes after all these thinking after all this thinking and if someone is not able to practice this thinking then he is given because not necessary that everyone has the capability of thinking rationally or one particular way so this type of shraddha based things are given to the particular group of people okay fine so, take for example teacher enters in the school he explains something few students will understand in first attempt itself then teacher will ask okay did you understand no sir few students will say no we didn't he will explain again third time he will explain still few students will remain then what does that teacher say you just wait for some time you will understand that the time period when teacher asks him to wait just remember this is how it is taught it this is how it is okay fine somewhere his buddhi is not ready to accept that knowledge and still teacher asks and therefore he just follows his word and after some time he realizes that yeah whatever he was explaining now i understand so this time period is called faith okay so basically what you're saying is that faith is until you have come to a proper and clear understanding that openness of mind to continue seeking until you understand that truth or yeah. understand that philosophy understand that teaching that is called faith yeah he he follows his teacher's word hmm he does not deny though his intellect is not ready to accept it mm. but he follows yes since my teacher is saying i will wait mm. and that waiting period is shraddha okay so then i'll rephrase my question when i said earlier the you know the faith based studies compared to the studies that we do secular education you sort of said that why divide why divide these two mathematics versus you know faith based study everything has a purpose you explain yeah. that you know just as mathematics science has a purpose so to all these various subject matters like the text like mahabharata ramayana they have they have their subject matter they have a purpose okay let me throw a quick ball question at you if we were to implement some techniques or styles of teaching from gurukula in modern day education what would some of those styles be that would create a grand earthquake like impact in the modern day education system the first thing that uh, in gurukula system is that <clears throat> upaveshan means the student 
approaches teacher after the basic education you just give the basic education it can be given at home it can be given with one particular teacher but after certain period of time student must approach to the teacher it's not that student must be forced to approach teacher then the quality does not come out the whole purpose just gets collapsed he may study because of his father's wish or father's force or society's force or for the sake of stomach but that education does not succeed or the purpose of education itself gets destroyed if and what would that purpose of education be huh? purpose of education is i feel not the filling my stomach not the taking care of my family but the joy at the end what i get when i learn that particular thing well, that's something you know many of us <laughs> we do not get out of our, out of our studies it's common understanding why, why, why am i studying i'm studying i want great job i want to do business that's why i'm doing mba mm. no when someone asks you, you go to the gurukulas of course gurukula won't give you any um, certificate that he has studied this and based on that certificate no one is going to give his degree also there this job yeah. also but still the students will be studying there and more desperately they will be studying there mm. the reason is they find a joy happiness studying in that particular thing that is the main purpose mm. and when one particular suppose i want to cook when i enjoy that cooking the cooking becomes the best thing the whatever the product whatever the food item i cook that becomes the best but when someone does not like to cook and he is forced to cook because of some particular reasons that cooking is not cooking okay so you think that modern day education would benefit from the student approaching teacher means the student choosing what they want to learn yes from a early age or at a later point It's just some basic knowledge see basic knowledge in language Hmm. basic knowledge of language basic knowledge of math hmm. these are the basic things and the some one particular rational thinking these but, are but when would the student uh, at what age or what stage in his life would he, would he be ready to make the choice as to what he would like to pursue if you're saying that student should go to teacher now what age at what age which when would that decision have to be made uh, because of course in modern day education this is pushed upon us by a 10th grade 12th grade or for us in west indies around the world you know around form 5 to you know form 6 we have to choose what degree to follow up on in fact it comes much earlier actually whether you're going to go into business or science or you know sports so you you have to plan out from early what subjects you're going to choose to depending on what career you're going to career path you're going to take up so for you if you're based on what you're saying that students should go to teacher meaning go to the subject that they like what would be that age for them see the general age of uh, entering in the gurukula is 8 mm. okay so before that till 8th you can teach them the basic writing reading basic maths mm. and then let them enter in the world of education let them let them enter let them try subjects mm. there is no need to bound one particular time period okay after 10th you have to start thinking no let him study let him try anyway the even after the education with 20 22 years of education the the, the youth they are clueless what have i done and what i am going to do in the future no they don't have any idea and after all studying this much they will try something new or they they will be forced to do something else and they will do something else mm. something so nowadays this is crazy thing i don't know whether you observed or not the lot of engineers after completing the engineering degree they are doing mba mm. what is the connection well i think the world is run by money right now so <laughs> everyone is no, going after the big bucks <laughs> this is joke this yeah. is this is a funny thing after completing mechanical engineering the person is doing mba hmm. let them this is the ocean of knowledge let them swim in that hmm. of, of course this modern education system it's trying to give some way like that they are they are having the different different subjects let them study but 
टिल टेंथ टिल ट्वेल्थ और एटलीस्ट टिल टेंथ दे आर द फोर्स टू स्टडी दिस ऑल सब्जेक्ट्स बट आई डोंट थिंक दैट दिस लॉन्ग टाइम पीरियड शुड बी वेरी स्ट्रिक्टली शुड बी अपॉइंटेड नो वी अंडरस्टैंड देर इज वेन आई एंटर इन द सिक्सथ ग्रेड आई सी डिफरेंट टाइप्स ऑफ स्टूडेंट्स देर आर स्टूडेंट्स ब्रिलियंट इन मैथ दे आर नॉट इंटरेस्टेड इन संस्कृत वाई एम आई फोर्सिंग दिम टू लर्न संस्कृत दर इज नो पॉइंट ही इज अ ब्रिलियंट ही कैन डू वेल इन मैथ and he is very much interested in math let him yeah i i've met many students especially like those who are living abroad in america a lot of nris they said when they come across some sanskrit literature they're like yeah, yeah i i study sanskrit I, back in 8th grade yeah we had to learn that in school yeah i study sanskrit now i don't know anything but yeah i, I learned so that type of feeling is also there you know we learn something but it's irrelevant now to that's, us that's how i say about math and <laughs> science but when i when i like drawing i like drawing when i was in the school i didn't i, I was not allowed to do mm. i was forced to do the same thing till 10th mm. okay some if at all one student is not able to make a proper decision or we are not able to find out the one particular the very particular thing in that person let him continue like that mm. but once it is found let him grow in that particular thing there is we cannot just give one certain time period or this at this time or this point of age you have to take this no that's not the proper as of course you being a sanskrit teacher i mean you must be a promoter of sanskrit study <laughs> so let me ask you based on you know yourself study studying sanskrit now also teaching sanskrit uh, do you see any benefits for students in today's generation to study sanskrit what are the benefits you think of studying sanskrit see i i may give a little bit elaborate uh, answer but i will try as short as possible in bharatiya tradition bharatiya tradition three subjects are basic subjects okay so they are taught to everyone every student okay every students enters then they are taught the beginning itself one is grammar okay first is grammar second is nyaya the logical thinking and then third is jyotish means ganita math all these three subjects are intellectually means they will develop your intellectual thinking when we say sanskrit sanskrit grammar matters compared to other grammars sanskrit grammar is far 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 better and far advanced so sanskrit grammar is far advanced and the structure of sanskrit grammar is different different from all other grammars of all other languages it develops your rational thinking the way math works in your mind the same way sanskrit grammar works in your mind therefore sanskrit is always helpful especially when when i say sanskrit na so you add somewhere the uh, word sanskrit grammar have you have we has there been any sort of experiment or analysis or proof for this that is there some data to back up this statement or this idea that sanskrit makes students sharper or you know more subtle thinkers or more intelligent in any way has there been any type of study or noticeable you know recording of these type of data see when uh, i don't know how much you will take it seriously but i will say when the parampara bharatiya parampara says you have to study vyakaranam in order to pursue any other subject they have vyakaranam already meaning sanskrit, sanskrit grammar, grammar. Hmm. they have already done enough experiments and they have come to the conclusion in the tradition of bharatiya knowledge hmm. is not just one or two days or 60 years because just, uh, the cbse it's it's funny thing but i will give one example they are still doing ex- experiments who new education systems they are trying now new education policy has come new structure new way of teaching new way of assessment this particular thing when gurukula tradition or bharatiya tradition says that you study math you study grammar you study logic to in in order to study any other subject 
they have already practiced enough experiments mm. and if at all you want proof then let the modern scientists or educationists perform these experiments and they will get the same results how would you respond to those who say that sanskrit is a dying language and it's only meant for those who want to do puja and do rituals and those things what's the point of studying sanskrit in this day and age it's not going to help me get a job in any way so for those who say it's a dying language you can send a message out to them what would you say to them say i won't say sanskrit is a dying language how can you say when i'm speaking sanskrit with you we i we are speaking in sanskrit once in a while okay at least or i'm uh, talking to my students in sanskrit my professors are talking in sanskrit there are two three villages and apart from that wherever you go in whole bharat everywhere everywhere somewhere in the each and every corner you will listen the sanskrit words you may not be able to listen the marathi word in the corner of bharat but sanskrit word you will listen everywhere sanskrit is not dying language one more reason i will give the more effective sanskrit has the best grammar and it's like a prana the life of sanskrit this grammar is the way it is written or the way it is compiled it's can't even we imagine that okay this way also grammar can be written all other languages are dying people say they are evaluating they are getting um, uh, evaluated no evolution is taking place no nothing whatever the english was spoken in 16th century is not spoken now so 16th century english is dead you call it you say it but sanskrit whatever the 2000 years back sanskrit was spoken the same sanskrit is spoken now which language is dead mm-hmm. sanskrit is very much alive now i compose something in the same meter i use in which the kalidasa has composed something kalidasa is that a great sanskrit great poet great sanskrit poet hmm. you see so same language i am using same meters i am using hmm. and i can i i, I am talking about uh, computer computer did not exist 1000 year back hmm. so i can talk about computer in modern age using the same sanskrit sanskrit is not going to die it has the best grammar renan martin if you take i studied renan martin using the knowledge of renan martin grammar not going to help me to read shakespeare's poetry which is just composed few years 3 300 years back but the same sanskrit grammar i will study and i will study ramayana as well as mahabharata i can study vedas hmm access to all sanskrit literature sanskrit is not dead language and it's not going to die so instead of going to the end of sanskrit let's get back to the beginning of sanskrit yeah <laughs> i mean many of us of course we are we have heard so much about you know sanskrit language being an important part of our culture for those of us who follow the sanatan dharma or the hindu religion uh, can you take us back back in time to the origin story of sanskrit where did it all begin or where did sanskrit come about from how did it evolve or develop uh different ways this question can be answered few scholars scholars few scholars say that this language is not the natural language but it is created by intellectual people or intelligent people for particular reasons because and sometimes you know we feel yeah this might be possible because uh how can any language how this type of has this type of grammar or this type of structure very well structured language it is so we wonder sometimes and somewhere in the part of our intellect it says that yeah this can be truth that this language is created language and there is another opinion where say that no it's just natural language any other like any other languages which just developed and there is one opinion that no this language is just eternal mm. there is no beginning just it as the creation began language also came with that but let's just say scientifically or historical dating mm. uh, how old would you put the first or like the first recognition of sanskrit language in society or culture vedas are in sanskrit 
वेदाज आर अपौरुषेय ऋषीज देर आर वेरियस ओपिनियंस इफ यू गो टू द स्कॉलर समिलिस्टोरिकल दीथिंग ऑफ द फर्स्ट रेवल्यूशन ऑफ संस्कृत लिटरेचर the first recognition of sanskrit in society is there any type of dating that you are familiar with i am familiar with all datings but i don't agree with any one of them okay <laughs> yeah that's why i say if you ask me vedas are apurusha let me that that same statement i will continue vedas are apurushayas ha huh, but we see they will exist apurusha means here ap- apurusha means not created or not the product of human intellect but you should understand that there would be some serious objections to that statement from not only audience or listeners but intellectuals also let there be and there have to be means if there are no objections from your side or from audience side then there is no something called the process of knowledge or the occurrence mm. of knowledge will not take place so let, there there have to be mm. means you ask questions mm. unless it becomes very clear on the basis of intellect Means, uh, intellect. Hmm. There is no point. So we'll take up the Vedas on a on a different day on a different uh, episode. But this Vedas, which is of course in Sanskrit language, am I right? Hmm. So this Sanskrit language, the Vedas, this literature, we are saying that it's not a product of human, human beings. Hmm. Okay, and it is Sanskrit language. So this would be the oldest uh, representation of Sanskrit language that we have. Yeah. Okay, and it. So we we can't give any historical dating in terms of dating. Scholars will give. Okay. I don't agree with them. So traditionalists versus scholars have difference of opinion on that. Yep. Okay. All right. So I guess, guys, that will be a mystery for us to eventually find out the origin of Sanskrit literature, Sanskrit language. Um, if you can tell me, I mean, we we both, I think, from our own backgrounds, have appreciation, have love for Sanskrit language. But here we are speaking in English language on an English <laughs> medium podcast, the Shravana podcast. And for those who don't know what the meaning of Shravana is, can you just tell our audience what the meaning of Shravana is? Shravana, the very exact meaning is listening. Shravana. It's a Sanskrit listening. word. It's a Sanskrit word. Yeah. Shru Shravanati is a root, means to listen. Shru means to listen, and Shravana means listening. Hmm. Just put ing. I hope That's you guys it. are listening. So this is a Shravana podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so this Sanskrit language, uh, which as I was mentioning just now, we both have an appreciation for. Here we are using English language. Uh, can you sort of uh, tell us or give us an idea of the strengths of Sanskrit, the weaknesses of Sanskrit, compared to the strengths of English and weaknesses of English? Uh, yeah, we can talk about that. weaknesses of sanskrit there is only one weakness of sanskrit that's a really bold statement to make yeah, how many what? how many weaknesses does english language have um too many <laughs> and no it's not because i hate english or i don't like mm. english no nothing like that mm-hmm. because one thing i will tell is of course it has both languages have their own advantages disadvantages they have plus points minus so points so let's let's change the question let's look more at similarities mm. and differences let's not say strengths and weaknesses mm. but you know what are the similarities you see between english and sanskrit language and also the differences what differences are noticeable between these two languages very main uh, i learned sanskrit after 12th i learned sanskrit after my 12th and uh, i learned english after graduation Hmm. Graduation means after your bachelor's. Yeah. Hmm. So, <clears throat> Sanskrit. In one year, I could finish Sanskrit easily. Hmm. I was able to read, write, speak. I was done with Sanskrit. Hmm. When it came to English, you you know how I struggle for Sans- English. So we were both <laughs> for those for context sake, uh, those of us who are new to this. uh we were studying together in a gurukula a couple of years ago in 2017 2017 in mumbai we studied at an ashram called sandipani sadhanalaya and there it was an english medium uh spiritual course for 2 years so during that period you know narendra he was there also and they were you know familiarizing themselves with sanskrit uh, with english at that time go ahead yeah, yeah. so uh, both the languages i learned through grammar mm. okay first i learned grammar mm. and the 
using the knowledge of grammar i learned language there are two different ways of learning any language one is that you take birth or you go there where the people are speaking in that particular language all the vyavaharas are done in that particular language <coughs> transactions are done so first option i didn't have for sanskrit i was not born in the family or the society where the sanskrit is being spoken so there was only one chance either i have to go to the area where people are speaking in sanskrit that was not my cup of tree i didn't i mean i didn't have money or to go or no one would send me uh, easy way was to study grammar and then study sanskrit that's how i studied sanskrit when it came to english there are thousands of spoken english classes just you walk on the path <laughs> <laughs> everywhere you will find <laughs> spoken spoken english classes cities villages alike everywhere everywhere it's not okay. just in cities it's everywhere because mm-hmm. it is just uh, uh, i don't know very it's, important subject for your stomach nowadays it's the universal language now <laughs> so called universal language where people find it means uh, important even i i, I found it important mm. because after completion of my gra- graduation i was not able to speak in english mm. in school times i did not pay attention for schools english i did not study english in schoolings so it was just very easy to go through the exams you can easily crack so coming back to the similarities differences so you said in one year you were able to learn sanskrit yeah. and you could speak read etc english language i studied grammar yeah i lived with people who hmm. are speaking english i studied texts in english hmm. for two years and still i was struggling and speaking english okay. okay and now i do not speak sanskrit every day i do not speak sanskrit every day but still i can speak sanskrit fluently mm-hmm. english did not work in that way for me that's my experience it's not just okay uh, so it's your experience of the education of sanskrit for yourself versus the education of english language for yourself yeah Okay but just looking at the language in itself do you see any similarities or differences or oh, let's yeah the similarities differences do you see any direct similarities this is direct similar this is direct difference huh. between studying english and studying sanskrit yeah. okay now uh, some dissimilarities are there again i will come to the grammar english has the different structure of grammar mm. sanskrit has different structure of grammar mm. there are some similarities of course there have to be so there are some similarities but these are the basic that grammar is totally different mm. english is just a common language or the we can say the laukika bhasha the worldly language okay the transactional so, language transactional language where mm-hmm. the transaction takes place where as sanskrit has very particular or the specific or the well structured grammar which does not miss english does not have or even for now we can say that ha uh, for now for this present moment there is a structured grammar for english which is not going to work for after 15 years or 50 years 100 years for sanskrit it is not that is the biggest difference between these two languages so this sanskrit is going to work in different way always from the english and from any other language it's not only for english huh? it is going to come to marathi also i am marathi so marathi language also same mm. the marathi which was spoken 100 years back is not spoken now and after 100 years it's going to be totally different mm. yeah so it happens with other languages whereas sanskrit remains steady Okay so if someone let's say in today's time after hearing all this about Sanskrit language someone may be listening and thinking oh i think you know what i think i should learn sanskrit so for anyone who has a desire to start learning sanskrit today what would be the best guidance for them where should they start in their journey to learning sanskrit so there are different different ways if you ask when now when you ask where anywhere because everywhere the hybrid methods are being used there are scholars available ready to teach you they just need students the desperate students when you have the intense desire to study sanskrit there are teachers available to teach you 
if you are not able to go physically choose the online method you can study sanskrit everywhere dictionaries are available grammar books are available the courses are available sanskrit bharati this type of organizations are working so they will organize the spoken sanskrit shibira in 15 days they will make you to speak sanskrit without the knowledge of grammar they will teach you in that way many people have asked this question to me earlier also should i learn to speak conversational sanskrit and then learn grammar do i learn grammar first and then learn conversational sanskrit or do i do both so for that person who is just starting what would you suggest it depends what is your uh, purpose what do you expect from that but based on your idea of what you define knowledge or education as just for the joy of that knowledge then for the person who just wants to learn sanskrit for the joy of sanskrit hmm. what would be the best you know stepping stone or the best guide for them both ways i will say okay learning grammar first and then spoken etc or spoken first and then but both have to be covered yeah so those who have very um, uh, those who like the intellectual gymnastics they can choose grammar first hmm they will like it hmm okay because uh, there will be people take for example of my brother he likes math hmm you give him problem and he will be solving he will spend time and time on that there will be students so those who like that type of practice so they must choose the grammar first then let the spoken come and uh, there is another method you go means there are because now there are organizations which are trying to teach you spoken sanskrit sanskrit will not cross the limits of grammars so when they are teaching you spoken sanskrit they are teaching you sanskrit grammar they won't just tell you that oh we are teaching you sanskrit grammar that's how that's how they will teach mm. so th- these these are the different methods mm. so anything is fine okay for someone who says that he has learned sanskrit in one year and not so much english in so many years of study and reading i find that you speak very well i just like to let you know that <laughs> uh, maybe it took long and i'm sure our audience in the comment section please do comment and tell nashinarenji <laughs> you know that his english is quite appropriate quite yeah, sufficient okay so guys with that one we will close our podcast for today today we had a very beautiful discussion with shrinarayan shete a very close friend of mine a gurukula bhai or someone who has studied with me in gurukula and he is of course an expert in sanskrit language sanskrit grammar and he teaches also sanskrit and we had a very brief conversation today about gurukula the traditional versus modern education system sanskrit language and i hope you guys learned something from this and of course if you all want to dive deeper into any of these topics we'll do a follow up episode in our next podcast thank you once again for joining us on the shravana podcast and we we'll see you all in the next one hari hari